0: Love you this morning. Appreciate you. Go let our classes go back. God bless our Sunday school department. Be praying that God bless them, anoint them, and use them. Use them. Amen. Such a powerful way to our children, our grandchildren, our babies. Amen. That the Word of God could be planted in their hearts minds of their spirit i want to come and be, may be more excited about coming to sunday school i mean you know going to five days of school can put a bad taste in their mouth about school period hallelujah but i want them to have such an experience of the house of god and it's sunday school amen that when you say sunday school a different light comes on a different energy rises up within them and parents it help if you get excited about it <laughs> i said parents it help if you'll get excited about it hey, we're going to sunday Dragging in the house of God like it, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Praise God. It's going to happen, honey. If you're going to drive a devil out, it's because you're going to be faithful to the house of God. If you're going to conquer disease and sickness and quit being a servant of sin, because you've got a house of God to come to. You can't do it by yourself. i am telling you right now. <laughs> We've got to have God and the help of God. Praise God. Praise God. we got a beautiful lesson this morning. Again, it's good to have all of our guests, all of you in the house of the Lord come to be with us. It's so good to see you this morning. Been missing you around here. God bless you. Praise the Lord. It's good to see all of you in the house of the Lord with us. Good to have this good couple back here, amen, with the Spice family. I I shouldn't know their name, but I don't know. Well, praise God. (laughs) Sorry about that. And It's good to see everybody, though. Isn't it just great to be here this morning? I couldn't think of a better place to be. Not on earth only thing on to top is, amen, is when we meet in the clouds. Till then, amen, the house of God. Heartbeat, passion, desire, place to come and gather together. Brothers and sisters of like precious faith. and with the same spirit, wash with the same blood. Listen to the same manual, instructing book of benefits and hope and life. and Amen. To be victorious over the enemy of our souls and the powers that want to war against us. Praise God. There's nothing more beautiful, more powerful. That a good, strong church. In fact, this, this country was founded and built. Churches were one of the first things they would build when they began to congregate and begin to build cities and towns. Oh, yeah, they'd have their saloons and things of that nature, but I'm telling you right now, they'd have churches. <laughs> Amen. You had to decide where you was going to go. You had to make up your mind. Hallelujah. Well, that hasn't changed, has it? Hallelujah. Praise God. Still, churches is in a lot of counties, a lot of other places are not. Amen. This county, you know. Thank God, there's more churches than honky tonks. Hallelujah! Thank God, it still hadn't slipped into the county yet. We can still go to Bendale, the superstore. You don't have to worry about worrying about Miller's and Budweisers. They may sell dope in the grind. The- Hey, you can't deny it. You, know you know what? That's what's wrong with us. They want wants to turn their head and want to say nothing about it my God have mercy. Sin's rapid running everywhere but you know what? So is the blood of Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's says the power to liberate and deliver. Woo! Hallelujah! Never watch a while it really do us good to act like we've been set free. Been delivered from something. God's done something awesome in our lives. He has hadn't he? Praise God. Commissioned by god commissioned by god what and there's not a greater authority a greater power and at the end of the lesson it talks about matthew mark and luke and the commission that was given a man through jesus christ and as he departs it up the man the power of it and and by the help of the lord and the help of the holy ghost here this morning we hopefully to say something that will impact you encourage you and help you. Amen. Be willing uh, if you if you have taken on this this commission. Amen. That you won't you won't let it slip away. Uh, We writer talks about that. Things that we've been taught that we wouldn't let them slip. Amen. Uh, That's no doubt one thing that's happened to us uh, in a general in a whole. Man there's a lot of things a lot of doctrines. Amen. That's in this book. That people are not careful, they'll let them slip. And they won't be imported anymore. They won't be a big deal. We've about big deal God out. (laughs) Amen. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Don't worry about that. so we're about at the point. And you know what? Then we wonder why we're in the mess we're in and fighting the spiritual battles that we're fighting. Amen. Praise God. You know, I'd still rather fight them over yonder than let them to come to our land. I'd much rather blow up their, their, their airports and their cities than let them come blow up ours. Praise God. That's the same way spiritually speaking. Man, there's some things you need to keep it as far out yonder as you possibly can. Away from Praise God. Next time you go to buy a house, why don't you do a research and say, you know what, I'm going to find the biggest dope heads and crack heads and the <laughs> force and I'm going to find right where they live and I'm going to go and buy me a house right in the middle of them. How many of us will do that? <laughs> That's right, brother Marcus, Let's be honest. It has to be a God call. <laughs> God commissioned this, buddy. <laughs> and probably for a wife and some children to follow, it better be a God thing. <laughs> it's kind of like I said about going to the cities. <laughs> Amen. He'll have it wrote up in them skies or printed on my forehead. <laughs> when I walk in that city and their names and sketched on my forehead, That no God showed up. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. You know, that's, 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 it's important. Because you know what? God can. We know the scriptures told us the gates of hell should not prevail. Right against the gates. This is what it's all about. This is how to be delivered. How to be set free. And you know what? We're living in a society today that it's not, the, it, this much is trouble with legal drugs. It is the illegal. Okay? And, and these are things the devils use as elements to bind people. To ensnare them, He's used these as tools to get them in a condition, both mentally. Amen. And, and they would sell their health out for it. They'll, they'll go to all limits. They Lose everything, families, businesses, uh, everything. Amen. For that feeling. That feeling. That feeling. Praise God. And then they want us to come to church and sit here like a bunch of zombies. And like we're bored to death. And huh, I don't think so. Praise God. I would say you're going to be bored in heaven, but I have a feeling you're not going to make it. man, <laughs> I'm just telling you. <laughs> if you don't like this, you're sure not going to like heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. But uh, we, we love it. And I know you do. You wouldn't be here this morning. Got a good lesson. Commissioned by God. Amen. So, you know, to be commissioned... Simply means an act, amen, to, uh, to put in us or to create and, and to help us to carry out a call. A, 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 a call upon to fulfill a service, a God's service, a God's uh, idea, plan, amen. So whenever you're commissioned by God, and let me say right off the bat, most of the time when He commissions us, it's going to be in a time, it's not going to be convenient, if you're waiting for a convenient time to turn to God, it'll never happen. <laughs> Praise God. You're looking for a convenient time to do this or do that. It's never going to take place. Hallelujah. You, you, by the way, you know, if you feel that call and feel that nudging, best thing to do is start submitting to it and start making preparation to accomplish that and to achieve that. Amen. As God sees fit, amen, to equip us. And that sometimes the way God sees fit to equip us may, may blow our minds. Hallelujah. We may be times that we'll wind out wind up in the wilderness. Amen. On the backside of places and wondering, oh, what are we doing here? But if we're listening to God and obeying God and letting God's will unfold in the season and the time He sees fit. God's got seasons and times. For Him to attain the glory and to receive the glory, it's got to be in His time. It's got to be in his season. And I know we're living especially in a time that everything's about time. You know, it's got to be now, the punch of a button, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, quick food and this and that. And if it ain't hurry up and service and a reason, we don't even put reasonable time in front of it no more. (laughs) Amen. We want service and now immediately, man, when we say it, praise God. If I was a good mind reader, I could make a lot of people happy because I could do it before they ask for it. And that's really what they like. That's what they like. They'd rather you do it before you. they ask for it. But even Jesus made them ask. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, so we have to ask. And when we feel that call, we got to start, okay, God, what you want me to do? What direction? When? How? You know, There's a few things I've learned even in this lesson that's going to back up what I mentioned Wednesday night. Teamwork, teamwork. I, I, I didn't. It's never hit me quite like. But as I studied this lesson out and watched the characters and all that's involved, Amen. In this and even in this lesson, the teamwork. And it came to me this morning, even how that Jesus didn't. Did can you show where Jesus just sent one out? He didn't let his own disciples. He sent them by two. The whole time of the Apostle Paul's ministry. There was a team with him. In fact when some would forsaken him. He would call for others. This, this spirit. And, and, and uh, attitude. Huh, it's in the world. Everybody wants to be the hero. Everybody wants to be the spotlight of the party. That's the spirit of Pride. I want to be the one that's flashing. I want to be the one that's attaining the attention. Huh. That's the reason some people go to the extremes in certain areas of their lives. It's, 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 a, it's a means of a crying out for attention. I haven't received enough. I haven't made my mark in life. <laughs> Praise God. But thank God we're in this together. We're in this as a kingdom. We're the body. Nobody. Everybody's a part of this body and everybody plays a part to do what? To glorify the head and edify the body. That's what it's all about. Praise God. And no single part, it doesn't matter how healthy the member of your body is, when you cut it, the moment you cut it, from that moment it starts dying. And if it's not something done in a reasonable amount of time, it's gone. It doesn't matter how, how, how professional a surgeon might be. It doesn't matter what kind of miracle gr- drugs they got. It won't make any difference. If it's not done in a reasonable time, you can forget it. It'll be over with. It's dead. There's nothing they can do about it. There's only one that can revive. There's only one. And that's the Lord. So, I'm already jumping on some things I wasn't planning on to. But uh, by the help of the Lord here this morning... <clears throat> As we look into this lesson, the lesson, big idea is I will fulfill God's great commission. I want to fulfill that. How about you? Whatever that might be. Okay? And uh, <clears throat> always remember something. What, what destroys a vine? Big foxes. Big cats. It's a little foxes, isn't it? Well, if little foxes can destroy the vine, then what does it take to make big churches? Big revivals. Fulfilling the kingdom of God. It takes the little guys. The little things. That we're willing to hear and say, you know what? In some people's eyes, that may not be a big thing, but in God's eye, it is. And you know what? He called me to fulfill that. He called me to... And you know what, since he called me to do that, amen, he's going to equip me to do it. And sometimes that equipment can be sometimes as much as not having pride not to do it. (laughs) Folks, I ain't planning on none of this. (laughs) Sometimes it takes, amen, uh, losing pride to really take on the commission of God. You can watch watch what's even in the New Testament. One of the greatest men that you read about in revival to the Samaritans started out serving tables. But he was willing to do that. But as time progressed in persecution, he found himself as an evangelist and being mildly used of God. But even... At that point, God did not honor. They was casting out devils, baptizing both men and women in the name of Jesus. I mean, they were seeing revival. I mean, you talk about they were seeing revival. But guess what wasn't happening? Didn't matter how much they prayed and how much they fasted and how many devils they cast out and how many people they baptized in Jesus' name. Nobody was getting the Holy Ghost. Until word got to Jerusalem. And the ministers that God had ordained to be the one, to be the key to open it up, showed up. Called Peter. (laughs) All right, here we go. (laughs) God's good, isn't he? So a lesson text, amen, is actually coming out of Exodus, Moses, and the call upon Moses in Exodus 3, 9 and 10. Now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith with the Egyptians, oppress them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. These are the words, amen, to Moses himself. And so to really get a good understanding of the Lord's calling upon Moses on this backside of a desert. A man that he's at at this point in time in his life, running for his life, I guess you would say in a sense. Let's look back. Let's look back to some of his raising. Let's look back at some... A man. Some things it took on early in his life. For instance, when he was born, he was born in a very trying time, a very difficult time, a time that really the pharaoh, a man, had commanded for him to be killed. Had actually had, most had you know the the ladies, the nurses would come and whenever they would take part in birthing these Hebrew boys, it was their job and responsibility to kill them. A man. But you know what? Whenever Moses was born, the Bible said his parents or his mother looked upon him called him a goodly child a man and said you know what this is the third child the rich scripture don't bring all that out to start with but this is the third child of this family already Aaron's a man he's got a brother already Mary, a sister but here comes Moses along, and so she wasn't willing. Hebrew has taught us that they weren't afraid of the commandments of the king. Their confidence and faith was in God, and they knew that God could keep him. And that's not all, but they had a close enough walk and relationship with God himself. Amen. And fulfilling the commission of God in their own personal lives. Amen. That they knew that God could keep him. Uh, how do you know that? Well, at three months of age, after she reached that age, and she finally reached a point that she couldn't really... Have Him, it's it's hard to hide a three month old baby crying at midnight. Amen. It's hard to hide, amen, a baby when you bring them into the house. It's just things start showing up and noise and start taking place and things of that nature. But you know what? She, she was moved upon to do something that probably not a mother or a grandmother in this church would think about doing. And that was to take a bull rush, amen, and fix it and put the pitch on the inside and out and put it in the flags in the Nile River, the very place where supposedly the crocodiles are supposed to be and where they were supposed to be throwing these boys to be... Uh, taken care of. And here she does puts him, amen, in a bull rush with some pitch within and without. Amen. We already see in a type, amen, in a shadow of true holiness and godliness. Amen. And so she puts him there and the older sister makes a stand a little distance off by the name of Miriam. She's going to watch. She wants to see what's going to happen to this baby. She knows that the alligator's not about to eat him up. She knows that something something, you know, something miraculous, something supernatural because she's raised in a home that believes in this Jehovah God that believes in the mighty miraculous hand of divine intervention of this almighty God so she I just can't help believe it even Miriam thought well I want to observe I want to see what's going to happen to my little brother (laughs) praise God and so you know the story that Pharaoh's daughter comes to bathe and she, she her, her maids is walking up and down and you know they probably don't pay any attention to Miriam you know little girl is standing off over there and they don't pay her any attention amen but you know what? It's amazing how God even used Miriam little little girl who knows how old she was six, seven, eight, nine hey, I don't know but uh, old enough to be out there on her own old enough amen to be used of God Old enough to respond, Amen. For a time of a need, Amen. Because whenever they open it up, Moses cries out. She, the Pharaoh's daughter, has compassion. And she steps up on the scene and says, "Hey, you want me to go get one of them Hebrew mothers? Some of them Hebrew mothers, Amen, to nurse this child." And guess what? She goes and gets Mama, and so the, the Pharaoh then pays Mama to raise Moses. Hallelujah! Pharaoh's uh, uh, daughter is so going to take him in as her son. It's amazing what God will do. You know what, folks? Some of us need to quit work about finances and quit worrying about all this other, amen, and get hooked up in the Holy Ghost and hooked up in God. Hey, the government, this government ain't going to get you out anyway. If the United States of government falls flat down, i got a kingdom and a God that's going to sustain me and keep me. When they can't send not one paycheck out of the White House. That's not all. They can shut down all the pipelines. They can shut down all the powerhouses. Wait a minute preacher. I'm meddling ain't a brother (laughs) Eddie? Hallelujah. We're either going to believe God or we're not. We either believe what's in this book or not. We may not eat what we want to eat. And as often as we want to eat. But we will not starve. I mean, there's a couple of places in this Bible where a couple of men, amen, without water or food went 40 days. There's another place in this Bible where he took a nation, this nation, that this, calling this man to lead out of Egypt. And he supplied their every need with manna and with water in a desert place, a rock that followed them called Christ. And it wasn't only... For the million of people that that water flowed for, but for their animals. And all the hosts that they had. It's easy to preach that. It's easy under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. But it's quite different when you wake up in the morning and you open the pantry and there's nothing. You open the freezer and there's nothing. By the way, there's no powerhouses, so you know the freezer's no good anyway. Refrigerator's no good. I heard somebody say, you know, sometimes the only real blessing out of hurricanes is, man, you start cooking up, everything's in the freezer. Man, we eat better for the first 24, 36 hours that we hadn't eaten in a long time, man. We're going to let this stuff spoil. Hallelujah. You got to eat this stuff, man. Cook it up. Fry it up. Man, we'll start pulling stuff out. I didn't know. I forgot we had that in there. <laughs> Praise God. I'm not asking for a storm, though. <laughs> Amen. So, when we look back, and we're going to learn some things about Moses in the first eight verses. And i talked on some of them. But when you go down to the sixth verse, and you're going to see some things that happened. The fifth verse talks about how that Joseph went there, and there were 70 souls that was put in this land of Goshen. Those 11 brothers, amen had come down and there's 70 souls you know the story I don't, I don't have a lot of time to spend on all that but he puts god puts them in this land of goshen so they can he, he goes and tells them hey you say you're you're not a shepherd but you're a cattleman man you're raising cattle and because of pharaoh and them they hated shepherds amen so if you go and read all of that so he puts them in this land of goshen that was ideal for for their their their, their uh, animals and for their way of living and so he puts them there and there is a period of time and in fact God informs Abraham prior to this in the book of Genesis way back, amen, about the 400 years that they was going to be in bondage and it wound up being 430 years, amen, in bondage. So, so God knew all of this is going to play out. God knows everything. Now watch this. If he knew knows all that, did he know everything that's going on in your life? He sure does. I want you to listen to some of the verses, amen, that's, uh, that's uh, brought out to us. Amen. Here today as he talks to Moses as we get to that. But it goes on. It says but the children of Israel were fruitful, they increased abundantly, they multiplied, they waxed exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. A lot of people overlook that. They started out with 70 souls, but the next verse tells us how they had increased and how God had blessed them. <laughs> And moved upon their behalf. And so now the Bible has taught us that now rose what a new king over Egypt which knew not Joseph. Also if you'll go further on with this same Pharaoh you can go to Exodus 5 and 2. And he makes this statement. He says I know not the Lord. I know not the Lord. And so if you, you do a close study and a reading of the Bible. Pagan kings and this is the problem and this is where we don't want to get caught up this is something that we want to allow to get caught up in our hearts our minds and spirit and and can i just be honest i'm afraid it has a man even in our new testament people want to serve the lord and the world man they want to have God to be their savior but they want to have their own gods they want to have the little gods and so you see it in the Old Testament many times that pagan kings and pharaohs and people of that nature hallelujah they would they would acknowledge the Lord and when special and God would mightily move and perform things and deliver the Israelites and show what he could do for them they would acknowledge him but they wouldn't forsake all the other gods and so they wanted him just to be among the gods but we know that God is a jealous God he's going are gonna share us with no one. Amen. We're either going to love him with all the heart, soul, mind, and strength, or we're not. Amen. And he won't take no in-between. So, so as we watch this unfold, there's a Pharaoh here that says, I knew not the Lord. So he was not even among the gods of his pagan gods. Amen. He didn't give him no knowledge, no insight at all. But, but he come to the realization that as he watched those Israelite people multiply, he said, you know what? If we ever go into war and those cats, amen, turn against us, we're going to be in trouble. And he began to, in a, a cleverest way, because, watch this, the Israelites had not done anything to cause him, amen, outside of multiplying. They had not done anything against their government. They had not done anything to break their laws. They had not done anything, amen, to cause this persecution to be brought upon them. These trials, amen, taskmasters put over them, amen. But they just found themselves in a land, and all of a sudden with a Pharaoh it says, you know what we got to put some taskmaster but you know what also has happened on the other side of the fence there's a God that can move on a people when they don't even acknowledge him and they don't give him the recognition that it's God that's bringing this about amen when God hardened Pharaoh's heart amen I tell you God's worked on both sides of the fence to fulfill his purpose so sometimes if you got an individual that gets a part in your life and you feel like they're really working against you sometime you may ought to step back and say you know what God put that individual in my life amen to stir up something in me that I failed to let get stirred up and so God put an individual in my life to stir this thing up so I might do something about it (laughs) and so that's the way it is here amen as God moves upon this Pharaoh he comes up with this idea because he really now because that's the reason the Bible said cleverly amen he he goes about him uh, trying to do this in such a form and a manner not to rile the people and cause them to war against them And so, you know, the process and now watch this. Amen. What did he begin to call on them to do? Build cities for Pharaoh. In fact, it mentions two of those cities. Man, to begin to work for them, to fulfill his dreams and build cities for himself. Before this lesson's over this morning, I want you to get an understanding. Egypt is a type of sin. Egypt is a type of the world. Egypt is what you and I are called out of. Just like Israel. His promise. The apple of his eye. He's going to call them out. And so, when you drop down and you pick up a man in the... And I'd love to work on a few things, but I'll bypass that because I'm afraid if I don't, my time will eat me up here. So when you drop on down in Exodus, you're going to see if you go through 8 through 14... You're going to you know, see certain things like terms like wisely. Uh, these kind of terms that are mentioned in these particular st- scriptures. The taskmaster, I didn't mention that. Uh, grieved, grieved them. Amen. And, and so, you know, the, it, dread, it dreaded them. Even after they had put the taskmasters and put this great force upon them, they still multiplied. They still increased. I used that a little bit during some of this pandemic. If anything, the church ought to increase, don't decrease. Pandemics does not control the church. If anything, we're going to have more children. If anything, we're going to have more faith. If anything, we're going to have more confidence. If anything, we're going to have more joy. The pandemic's not going to take not one single thing in my relationship and trust in God. It's going to do anything. Amen. It's going to increase it. Hallelujah. It's going to cause it to build up. It's going to cause it to have revival. What if we'd approach this in a manner, in a way, we're just, we just, we just going to keep on having some church. And thank God, we, God's been good to us, hadn't we? We try to be wise about it, do a good thing. And you know what? God's been good to us. I give all the glory to Him. I give all the praise to Him. He's been our keeper. He's been our blesser. And God, help us to stay humble and meek and handle things in a very godly. Amen. You know, even the scripture says, do things decent and in order. Praise God. So, I'm trying not to jump a bunch of rabbits. I'm, I'm doing my best, but boy. <laughs> it was two or three right there, but I'm going I'm, I'm I'm, to I'm, I'm, I'm hold back. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, as we go to the third chapter now of, you know, the second chapter. You, you know all about what's all unfolded in time. Just, I can't preach it all, but then we get to the third chapter now. Where, where it's going to be set up and where God's call upon Moses. a Amen. And so we began, and now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, and the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the backside of a desert. You may feel like sometimes that you're on the backside. backside of a desert, backside of a wilderness, and nobody hears you. Nobody sees you. And sometimes you can be among a multitude of people, but yet still feel that same way. But let me tell you something. God knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly what you're struggling with. He knows your, he knows your uprise, your downfalls. He knows every single thing that's going on. Amen. He hadn't missed a thing. Hallelujah. If, if you went somewhere last night, you didn't have no business, guess what? God knows it. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you went somewhere, you had business going, guess what? God knows it. Hallelujah. I mean, God knows. You're not fooling God. You can fool me, and you can fool other people. Nobody's going to fool God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you're just not going to do it. So God knows. He knew exactly what Moses at. Amen. And got him in a place, and a position. Hallelujah. Now, this is after 40 years. I mean, he's uh, he's done 80 years old. And so you watch this. God shaping and molding this man to accomplish and achieve a work. Amen. That he's going to call him on. And Moses, I believe, even at 40. Amen. When he come out and seen that, that Hebrew. Amen. He's Went out the first day and he his saw his brothers and he separated them and come out the next day got this Hebrew no got that opposite. The first day comes out and the Hebrew's beating up one of his brothers because he finally got to a place. I'm going. Go you know what? Moses never forgot where he came from. Never forgot, Amen. The seed that he was. And so when he comes out, Amen. He takes this Hebrew and he kills him. Looks this way, looks that way. Nobody's looking, so he kills him. I don't know if he's bare hands. I don't know if he had a gun. I don't know what he done, Amen. But the Bible said he killed him and buried him in the sand. Next day he goes out, got two brothers fussing fight, and fighting. They jump, you are George. Well, come think about it, I probably am. Going to be. <laughs> and he had to flee, though. He had to run. So sometimes we can get the cart ahead of the horse. Good intentions. Good ambitions. Well, <laughs> praise God. And sometimes, you know, uh, <laughs> when's the last time you went to your employer and said, you know what, boss, I feel pretty good today. What's the worst job you've got? What's the dirtiest job you've got? What's your job you got that nobody wants to do? Sister Mel, when you go to school in the morning, I want you to go in and tell them, I want the worst class in the school. Oh, you done got it? <laughs> They're recording this. <laughs> Praise God. Well, I'm sure say, some other teachers were, Sister "You, you just don't know. You ain't got my class. Hallelujah. Boy, I hope none of you got no kids in their classes. <laughs> Woo, man, we digging up here, ain't we? But but you know what I'm saying, uh, and so the same way sometimes lot of times working for God and and, and you know. But I tell you what, there are some stories out there. I've heard some pastors, I've heard some pastors that left churches, amen, running three or four hundred to go to a place where there may be five or ten, but you know what? They felt God in it. There's a call of God and some people looked at him, man, you got it, it made up. No, I won't have it made if I'm outside the will of God. Amen. We put too much emphasis, amen, on numbers. We put too much emphasis, amen, on money. We put too much emphasis on all of these things. Hallelujah. Just saying, you know what? I'm going to stay with this. God called me. God put me here. And when God gets ready, he can move me. But God, if you'll give me the strength and any, I'm going to stay with it. Hallelujah. Up and down and all around, I'm going to stay with it. Because you called me and you put me here. And you know what? If I'm going to be successful, here's the only one that's going to defeat the devil. He's a called man of God with the anointing of God. It's the only thing that can do anything about the demonic forces and the power of evil. Hallelujah. I tell you, hirelings and people outside the will of God will never be able to conquer if you're called of God and anointed of God, I'm telling you, even the devil cannot, be beat, cannot overcome it. Hmm. Well, praise God. <laughs> and so, here, as Moses, as he deals with him, and he begins to instruct him, he said, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire. And you're going to notice, the angel of the Lord has appeared, not, not just the only time, there's two other times prior in Genesis. One time to Hagar. One time to Abram. But you'll notice that after the Old Testament, you don't really ever read with the angel of the Lord. And I know there's a lot of emphasis, and there's been a lot of books written on about seeing angels. And I heard Brother Lee Stone King talking about seeing his angel and had one that go with him all the time flying. And I understand all that. I really do. But I'm going to tell you something. Did you know that you got something that's greater than angels? It's called the Holy Ghost. That is a measure of the spirit of God. That is a counselor. That is a voice. That is a comforter. That is a guide. That is a help. Amen. If you got the Holy Ghost, praise God. And it's even greater than angels. I don't, I'm not saying that God can't send angels to instruct you and guide you and lead you. We see that with Cornelius, don't we? Man, one was sent. God and Cornelius telling him where to go. Now the angel couldn't preach. But anyway... The point I'm trying to make with some of this watch some of this really unfold, but out of this bush, a man, God begins to speak to Moses, a divine intervention. Now Now it, what, what they tell us it wasn't an uncommon thing for a bush to catch on fire in these parts. Amen, but it was uncommon for it not to be consumed. Hallelujah, that's the way if my house ever catch on fire, I wouldn't want it. I like to messed up yesterday. Ooh, have come so close. Thank God. Hey, man, Anyway, I was going to burn a trice pile. I did burn it. And I thought I'd put it out. And I was working in front of the house. And I was fixing the head to Bendale with a load of wood. Just about the time getting in the truck, I heard something going. I looked around behind my house, and there's a flame about this high. I said, Whoa! So, you know what? I got to running. But you know, it's amazing what water can do. If you can just get it there. Anyway, I don't know about all that, but anyway, fire, fire, serious, buddy. I'm tell you right now, fire make you move. You can be 62, but when you see that, you don't think about no 62. You think about getting some garden hoses, and and you know it wouldn't have been so bad. But uh, I done had it out there one time, and it didn't half work. <laughs> Hallelujah! I got a brand new, and it had a hole in it. The the other one, Amen. The end wouldn't work. So, but you know what? That second fire, I didn't make the second mistake. I made another run to a different hose. I got a different hose hooked on that hose. Got that hose when I got to that time with that water hose. (laughs) Amen. It was over fire. (laughs) All the fear went out. All the doubt. All the worries. Amen. Hallelujah. Fixing to burn up all of Maple's land. (laughs) Praise God. But anyway, we didn't. But anyway, that's what fire do. Praise God. So anyway, Moses, he watched this fire. Amen. He's burning that bush, but he wasn't consumed. So it got his attention. Amen. And he begins to observe and take a look. And so the angel speaks to him, or the Lord speaks through this angel. Ever how you want to look at that? Amen. But the voice of God, Amen, speaks to him again to make a call into him. Tells him, Hey, you're on holy ground. Amen. And he begins to talk to him. And I want you to look at a few few important verses. Amen. As we watch this uh, unfold here this morning. And he said, draw not, not hither put off thy shoes for thy, thy place where they don't stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses. He had his face. I'm going to tell you. One of the most powerful things that you and I can have working on our behalf. Is always having a reverence and respect. For God. The things of God. And the fivefold ministry of God. As it represents the kingdom of God. Moses fell on his face, buddy. He was afraid to look upon the Lord. And the Lord said. Now this is a verse I really want to talk to you about for just a minute. I have surely seen the Afflictions. I've seen them. Don't you let the devil lie to you. And don't you let the world lie to you. That God doesn't seize. He sees exactly where you're at this morning. All the afflictions. Every one of them. He knows the cause of them. And I believe they come from a number of ways. We won't talk about that. but But God... Watch what he says. Fiction of my people which are in Egypt. I have heard their cry. Now. (laughs) You and I got to cry out folks. Old Testament proves it. And the New Testament. Even with Jesus Christ. He made them cry out. He made them ask. You can't be ashamed to come and ask God. To minister to you. I believe that's a wall that got built up. And it doesn't matter. Watch this. It's the only way you're going to tame salvation. It's the only way you're going to tame healing. It's the only way you're going to tame deliverance. You've got to come asking. You've got to come crying out. You've got to lift up your voice and cry out to this God. By reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And watch this. I've heard, I've, I had a guy tell me this one time that was actually raised in church. Backslid and whatever, and uh, he he come up with the idea that when he was in trouble, that not to come running to God. To, and I know in a sense what he was trying to say. Said every time you get in trouble, you will to come running to God. But you know what? If you get in trouble, I'd come running to God. Now the second thing I would do whenever he delivered me, I'd stay with it. <laughs> I wouldn't try to use God as a spare tire. Hallelujah! Because one day you're gonna pull that spare tire out and it's gonna be flat. Amen, or he won't be there, whatever. Uh, so, so uh, but to have the idea that uh, when you get in trouble, not, no, you cry out, you cry out, you, you reach out, you get, that's what they've done. That's, and so God's moving on Moses and calling upon him, but understand what he's telling him. He says, I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a a good land, a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, and a place of the Canaanites, Hittites, Ammonites, and Persite, Ivites, and Jebusites. Now watch this. At one time Goshen was the ideal place for his people. But now God's telling him, I got a better place than Goshen. I got a place that's going to flow with milk and honey. What are you and I pursuing? Most of all of us, I'm sure, is pretty content where we're living. Pretty content with the homes and places and things of that nature for the most part. But we're looking for a better one, aren't we? We're looking for one that God made. We're looking for a city that God made. We're, We're caught up in that same promise, that same call of the original Abraham. And so God has prepared for them. Now watch this. Whenever Pharaoh, and if you listen to Pharaoh, which is a type of the devil, if you listen to him, he'll have you building cities, occupied and caught up in earthly things that won't mount to nothing in that moment in the rapture. He tried, Pharaoh tried to keep them occupied building his cities and busy about doing this and doing that. And even Jesus warned us at the end time that one of the main things that you is the cares of life, choking the word of God out of our lives. Because we're so busy. Now watch this. The commission of the call of God. A lot of times we gotta be called out of something first. But if we're unwilling to be called out of that. That could be a position. <laughs> well. I'm telling the truth. It can be a, a comfort of life. Hey don't mess up. Don't I, I, I don't want to get out of my comfort. I mean we've been doing it this way 25 years. And... See what I'm saying? So God raised up this Pharaoh and put taskmasters on Israel because they were too comfortable, too content. Hey, I can see the day coming now. The scripture said that we'll actually cry for his coming. 25, 30 years ago, I couldn't hardly see that. But I can see that today in the direction of this world and what you and I are having to deal with. I can see us crying out, come Lord Jesus. I don't know if we're going to make it another day or not. We need you to come. Cry for that coming. And so that's where they had obtained. That's where they had reached a place. For God to come to rescue them. So God calls Moses to be the vessel that he's going to call on. And I know if I'm not careful here. So as he moved upon Moses, Moses immediately... I know probably none of you have never done this. <laughs> Amen. When God moved upon you to, it might have been as simple as making a cake, making a phone call, doing a little of this, a little whatever, because it all works together. Teamwork, teamwork. Amen. Everybody can't be a pulpit minister. Now, that's where most of the focus is at. In fact, most of the focus is right up here. And it's almost to the point and place, if it's not up here, we're not a part of it. But there's a whole lot more goes on out there to make this successful. Because if that out there don't go on, this will never be successful. But when all that works together with this, oh man, you can't stop them from increasing. You can't stop us from multiplying. You can't stop us from having revival. I don't care what kind of pandemics or what other may come and come goes. You can't stop it. If Pharaoh and them couldn't stop them from having children, putting none of them under the task and taking the straw and doing all this other stuff, you, I'm telling you the devil and the spirits of the world cannot stop the church from having revival, having a move of God. Now let's bring it right on down to our own personal self. Neither within our own self. I can have revival if mama wants to have it or not. I can have a revival daddy wants to have it or not. I can have revival if wife or husband or sons or daughters, whoever it might be. I can have revival. I can be saved. Save yourself from this untoward generation. And so as, as, as God worked with Moses here, and, and Moses began to respond to him, and he begins to tell him, Yo, I can't talk. I, and he begins to tell him, he says, but notice what the Lord, right off the bat, he said, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. He began to give him some signs and tokens. He said, you see where you're at? The mountain where you're at right now, the mountain of God, what the Bible called it Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb. He said, You'll come back. Israel will come to this same mountain by your leadership. You'll be right here. You're going to come. Fast forward, sure enough, that's the mountain that God, that Moses leads them to. Israel comes and he shakes that place and fire and thunder. And, huh, it scared the daylights out of him. Even Moses talks about it later on that he quaked the presence. It wasn't just a little bush. Man, the mountain was on fire. That place was shaking, buddy, and the, the voice and the sounds loud was deafening. God was putting something into Israel that day to let them know that there is an almighty God. We're desperate for him. We're desperate for that encounter. And you know what? If you've never experienced Pentecost, you're missing it. Pentecost is an experience. It's an encounter with God through the baptism of the Holy Ghost that'll change you from the inside out. You'll never, ever be the same after the infilling of the Holy Ghost. You'll either either walk on in that kingdom in marvelous light, but if you even go down the road and reject it, you still won't be the same. That world will never be the same again. That world will never have the attraction and the pull, the satisfaction that it once had. Because inside of you, until you're turned over to a reprobate mind inside of you, there's always gonna be that guilt and, and that regret. And you won't never be the same. Once you once you've encountered God and been in the presence of God and felt the Holy Ghost, that's the reason the Bible has taught us that if you blasphemed against the Holy Ghost, there is no place of forgiveness after this encounter of this Almighty God. Church is not a playhouse. Church is a place of judgment but without a church there's no salvation for none. Without a place to come and a five-fold ministry, we can all forget it. The ideal that some's got that I can be saved without a preacher is foolishness. It's contrary to this book and it doesn't work. Huh. It's like a fish saying I can swim without water. Just doesn't happen. So as he began to work with Moses and work on his life and perform things, and things began to happen, we see how awesome this call really was. And I know this lesson's really lengthy, and I know my time's running out here. And then it goes from that. If you read your lesson, I'm just going to be honest. Okay, I'm a little concerned of a few statements that the writer of the lesson made. One was about Moses, about Moses, but like he became weary or tired or uh, wasn't physically able to lead. Uh, that's, I don't see that in the Bible. And, and another one I think we have to be careful of, well, I want to be careful here. Uh, the change that makes place and the vision that changes. But there's some things that shouldn't never change. I don't care what leadership changes. Okay. Listen to me a minute. Uh, It's a dangerous thing when you watch our elders, our generation of elders that's passing off the scene. and new generation's coming up and and they want to change some doctrines. And they want to change some, some methods and change some ways. And I'm a little concerned about that. We're concerned about the sanctification and the separation and where lines used to be but all of a sudden they're not there any longer. You can't... If you move them in the natural, if you move them in the external, then something had to be moved on the internal. And that's where we're going to get in trouble. Because most of the time, once it starts showing up on the outside, it's too late on the inside. So the point I want to make here, and and, and I know I really don't have time, but I'm going to do my best here uh, to bring some things to your attention. As you watch this uh, with, with Joshua, Joshua that was, because this is what the lessons, it's, it's about, it's about preparation, it's about uh, being trained and it's, it's having the call of God upon your life but making sure your career, making sure the direction you're going, what you get caught up in, all of it works and entwines together to fulfill the call of God in your life as a vessel of God, as, as a uh, one that God can use and, and for His glory and fulfilling of His purpose and so with, with, with Joshua, we're going to see some things. We're going to see some things that really unfolds. And that really takes place. And, um, man, I don't really know. I know you go back to, to uh, Deuteronomy. You can go there. That, that's one place. And it talks about... Um, I got a couple of places I want to address about Joshua here. And... If I can find just exactly. 31 and 23. When you go to 31 and 23. I didn't want to have to read the whole chapter here. But you're going to see this is a time. That uh, Moses both appear before God. God moves upon Moses. He calls him in. and, and, And Moses takes. And he builds. He takes the tabernacle. And he takes it out from the nation of Israel now. And he sets it out here. And Moses is going to meet in this time. And all of the nation of Israel, the the elders would watch from the tent door at the distance. They'd watch that cloud come down. And, And Moses talked to God face to face. But there was another one there. Joshua. You go down through this and you're going to see where God talked to Moses. And he's telling Moses, he said, you're not going into the promised land. You're not going to participate in that. He says, you, you, but the people, and he talks about the people. He gives Moses a song, and, and we don't like this part, but, but it was still the truth. He tells Moses, he said, they're going to be stiff-necked. He said, they're going to be hard-hearted. He said, when they get in that promised land, they're going to be blessed, and they said, they're going to forsake me, and they're going to forget me, and they're going to turn their backs on me. He's telling Moses all of this. And Joshua was there. Nothing's mentioned much about Joshua. Until you get up here and then you get to the place. And it, Because if you go back and read, you're going to see that uh, 14th verse. Just to let you know. And Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves at the tabernacle of the congregation. And then all the other, the Lord appeared and he talks to Moses. And, he, and you get down and 22nd talks about that. Moses wrote the song that same day and children. And he gave Joshua the son of Nun a charge. I believe this is the Lord here, not Moses. I believe the Lord now because he's in it. He gives it to Joshua. Be strong, be of good courage, for thou shalt bring the children of Israel into the land which I swore unto them, and I will be with thee. Moses couldn't say that. Only the Lord. Moses wasn't going into the promised land. That was a done deal. He got to watch it. He got to see it. But he didn't get to enter. But now Joshua. As he's being informed. As he's being prepared. As he's, he's there with ministering. And, and remember something. This same Joshua was one of the twelve. That was of a different spirit as of Caleb. That whenever they went to that land and spied it out 40 years prior, was one of the ones that come back and a man into the port and, and watch it. All night the people mumbered and rose up against Aaron and Moses and wanted to rail against them. Go back and read it. It was it was it was Joshua and Caleb that rent their clothes and and, and stood up for Moses and for Aaron and for God against the people. This is 40 years. This is before they ever go into the wilderness. This is before. We see something in Joshua. We see a faith. We see something inside his character. Something inside his heart and spirit. But you never read in the 40 years of his process. Of ever trying to take the place. Allowing rebellion. Even when Korah and his group. And 250 rose up. Not Joshua. Didn't do it. And now Joshua sees so hearing some of this, experiencing and holding. He's being prepared for the call. Church, I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes we have a mentality to think that everything's just a life of ease when you come to God. That, you know, your bills are going to be paid and this is going to and, 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 and some of the first things out of our mouth in times of troubles and difficult and struggles. Why well, I me? Mean, when we ought to be saying, why not? Now, if we've sinned, if we've been stiff-necked and been rebellious, and participated in things that's ungodly, and he's bringing the chastening rod, that's a different story. But if you're walking in his wheel, and you're walking in his voice, and you're walking in his light, and you're fulfilling the commandments, and you're walking in the gospel, I'm telling you, the enemy can't destroy you. Your circumstance or situation will not eat you up. If you just won't mumber. If you just hold on to faith. God's building character. God's building something in you. God's molding and shaping you into to a vessel. Hallelujah. For somewhere down the road to help lead somebody else. Help bless somebody else. Just watch somebody else come out of that. Because when you go to the New Testament, I know my time's running out. But, but when you go to the New Testament now, and you watch the ascending up of Christ and see the parts. Both Matthew, Mark, and Luke addresses his last commandments, instructions that are given to the disciples. Matthew puts it basically like this, 28, 18 to 20. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore teach all nations. Plural. That's all people. Color should never stand in the way of witnessing to an individual. Not ever. All nations. All tongues. All people. baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Take it on that name. Now watch this. Who was the manna in the Old Testament? Who did God bring the manna to for 40 years until they showed up to the promised land? Immediately when they showed up to the promised land under the leadership of Joshua, the manna stops. They had to eat old corn. Can't eat the new corn. It ain't been sanctified. Leviticus 25 talks about it. So they had to eat the fruit of the land. But the manna stops. Now watch this. In the New Testament, when you start taking on Jesus Christ, you've got to take on the new manna. Jesus Christ is that manna. Jesus Christ is that bread of life. There is no other way of a salvation. There is no way, amen, that you've got to find redemption. There is no atoning power outside of Jesus Christ. You've got to preach Jesus Christ. You've got to be a witness of Jesus Christ. There is no other way. He's the only true man. Now. It's called Jesus Christ. So you and I become. Huh, a witness. Acts 1 and 8. In due power of the Holy Ghost. To be what? A witness. That's what it's all about. It's about us being a witness to all of them. It's about us being sowing the seed. I, I, I don't even have a no business. Amen. trying to pick the soil. A sower don't. He doesn't go through that field, amen, and put five seeds here and two seeds over here, and oh, that ain't going to do nothing anyway. You never know, because we're a team. Paul put it very well. He talked about himself and Apollos, probably the most two educated men of the New Testament. He said, but hey, one plants and one water. He said, but we're nothing. He said, we're nothing. He talked to himself. Hey man, Apollos is nothing. He said, God's the one that gives the increase. It's not about me. It's not even about my family's name. It's about his name. It's his field. It's his seed. And I'm just going to sow the seed. Because if they'll receive the seed, the seed has a power, amen, to drive out the other, everything that's in the soil that it can produce what it ought to produce. That's what it's all about, leading. That's the reason it's so important for change hands from Moses to Joshua. The journey didn't stop. The process didn't stop. Even with Joshua, as being prepared as he was. The first city. The first city. Watch this teamwork now. As long as everybody was walking, everybody's obeying, everybody was doing what they're supposed to do. It don't take but one aching. One aching with a bad spirit and a bad attitude or listening to the wrong voice and thinking that nobody's going to see it. It's not going to affect nobody else. It don't take but one just sitting back. It don't take but one, hey amen, beginning to mumber. It going not take but one beginning to get disgruntled. Now Joshua finds himself facing a situation. Huh. A man with 36 men. Why he even falls on the ground and questions why God had let him out there and to die? And, all. and God finally has to tell him, "Get up, Joshua. He's sin in the camp. Huh. Sins what stopped this." And so he had to go through the process of judgment. You know the story with Achan. And you know what's so sad about that story? It wasn't just Achan that died that day. Now we think we have it hard. What if we had to line somebody up out there this morning with their children with their spouse and we had to pick up stones and take them out. That's in your Bible. That happened by the same God that we served this morning. So when you talk about some of this and and, and, and as we yield and humble ourselves, uh, the same message, working as a team. Now watch this. And I, I know I've, I've kind of got to pass it, but let me just, let me back up a little bit. Go back again to Joshua. Some of his first encounters. Watch this. The first battle that Moses and them faced against the Philistines. Moses is upon the mountain. He's got a praiser and a brother. It's on each side of him. And as long as Moses' hands are lifted. Amen. Joshua, who's in the valley. Joshua's the one that's actually in the physical warfare. Joshua's the one that's down there where the swords are slinging and the arrows are flying. But it took a teamwork. It took a Judah. It took a brother. And a stone shoved under the man of God. And lifting of the hands. It took a teamwork. It took a teamwork, amen, when you go all the way back, and I bring it right back to Aaron and Moses and, and Joshua and Caleb. It's, it's no different. we got to get together. There's no big I's and little use. The spirit and the attitude, if I'm not the one doing it, and the leadership I'm not in, you better conquer that spirit because your pastor's praying it out. Either you're going to repent and get it and conquer it or it's going to be driven out one way or the other. Because this thing's about a team, about all of us going. It's about all of us. Watch this. We all went out for COVID. We all came back in. And you do know what? The ultimate goal is making heaven. I want to go to that new city. Only God knows how many times I prayed, Lord, I sure wished I were just sitting in the pew. It'd shock you. Much more qualified people than me. I'm just being honest. I'm not looking for a pity thing. I'm just, I'm just being honest. <laughs> That's what got Moses in trouble. Hardness, stiff neckedness of the people. And that second time he smote a rock instead of speaking to it. And it cost him the promised land. Joshua struggled with it at times too. In fact the encounter he had with the angel, is whose side you on? He said, I'm on the Lord's side. Take off thy shoes, you're on holy ground, buddy. We got to get to the place. I'm gonna tell you something. These are holy grounds. We've we've that, that slipped from us, but I'm telling you, this is holy grounds. This God sees everything, every attitude, every little thing you get all crossed up about. You didn't worship God because you didn't go your way. Shame on us. Are we that immature? I'm going to worship God. I don't care what song they sing. I don't care who's singing. I don't care how out of tune they are. I don't care how bad a beat they are. God deserves my best. (laughs) I'm going to help people preach. I don't care if they got this one doing that and that doing that one. I ain't talking about false doctrine, but I'm talking about helping. That's how you have revival. I don't believe in you got just a Sunday school department. It's all got to happen to Sunday school. I'm old Sunday school department. We're going to shut everything down to hell. I don't believe just having a youth department. If it don't happen just with a youth department, we're going. to... I've dealt with that spirit more than you think I have. Neither I'm going to have an old department thinking, hey, praise God, if we don't do it, I will chair away. We're going to. <laughs> Everybody, I get everybody mad at. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God! You're still with me, ain't you, Sister Lynn? <laughs> Praise God! <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? What's happening there? You know what it is? If we're not careful, uncrucified flesh. Everybody's got preference, and I understand that don't everybody out here drive whatever you drive <laughs> alright don't everybody like ice cream like I, I like ice cream I don't know why but <laughs> I, I don't understand that but anyway <laughs> nah some of them don't but the same way he come in here so, you know what God I'm in this I want to do. Now, what's this? What if Caleb would have got upset It because Joshua was a leader now? What well, if Caleb said, I can't believe this? I can't believe Joshua's one. Just forget my mountain. Don't, I ain't coming. Forget that promised land mess. It wasn't just about Caleb, though. He had a wife, and he had children, he had grandchildren. He'd been telling them for 40 years when they were sitting around the supper table, I can't believe so-and-so died, and this one died, and that one died. Man, we had six funerals today, because they all, uh, 20 and up, died in that 40 years. Everything with un- un- evil hearts of unbelief died. Little <laughs> Caleb said, boys, y'all just hang on. We got a few more years of this, but I'm telling you, I've been there. And oh, Josh, man, we, we, we got them grapes on our shoulder. I'm telling you, a cluster of grapes, they was, we had to get a pole, we had to get them on our shoulder to bring them back. What, what happened Did, Well, they just wouldn't believe us. We were in our clothes, we cried, and we begged, and we, we but, but they just wouldn't. But I'm telling you, it's a promise from God. It's coming. It's like the rapture, folks. You just keep hanging in here. I don't care who backslides. I don't care who does whatever. You just hang in here. It's going to be worth the journey. In that moment, in that twinkling of an eye, there's a new city. There's a place He's going to bring. If you believe in God, believe also in me. And if you believe in me, I'm coming back. I'm coming back after people. A people that's prepared themselves. you got to make preparation. And you got to make preparation in your own heart, and your own spirit, in your own mind. It's not just an outward thing. It's an inward thing. That Edwards thing says, I need my Andrew. That Edwards thing in me says, you know, I I need my brother Braden. I mean, I need my brother JJ. I need, I got to have you. Teamwork. The call of God. Commission. To fulfill that call. To fulfill that duty. Of serving God living for Him. Hallelujah. And then with that made up mind. I'm going to make it. Let us stand. I know our time's out. i tell you what I'd like for us to do this morning, if you don't mind. Why don't we just kind of gather the front and let's pray together. Ask God to, to, to help us. I want to be helped. I'm top on the list. And if you don't need no help, pray for your Pastor. I, I want to I be helped to do what God wants us to do. Bendale, Mississippi. Amen. For His will to be fulfilled and His purpose. Uh, I, I, I know, I feel in my spirit, they saw some, some of you on the edge right now. And if, if things are happening, uh, you're going to lose you. And so, but you know what? We pray God help us. God put words of wisdom and kindness and anointing upon us. And not just on this platform. Man, in that Sunday school department, and all the uh, but throughout, hey, and I see it. I see it working out there. I, I see it working in the community, huh. and, and you know. What? But the devil's not just going to lay down. He's going to war against us. But you and I got to have our minds and our hearts and our spirits made up. We're going to make the journey. We're going to make the journey. Huh. Two. Two. Made that forty-year journey. Two. We need to understand something this morning. The idea and the spirit that America's turned to with religion—easy believing, easy living—you know, everybody's going to heaven. How many funerals you ever been to that they went to hell? And I don't—I don't propagate that, but Hmm. read your Bible. I read the opposite in the book. Huh. According to the book, there's more going the other way than they are. Okay? I, I would not do this, I get, but but let's pray. Let's ask God. I'm telling you, the presence anointing God's it's with us, folks. It's been in this service here this morning. It's working, it's working, it's working. Huh. But you gotta open your heart, you gotta open your spirit. Say, God, I want you to work in my life. Let's do that. Lord, we love you this morning and appreciate you so much. We're so thankful for your kindness, your your goodness, your long-suffering, your mercy. As you work upon our hearts, as you work upon our minds and our spirit. Stir us, God. Stir us like we've never been stirred. Stir within our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. Our compassion toward you, but yet toward one another. Our love and respect and lifting up and encouraging one another. We would let a spirit or an attitude get a hold of us. Amen. We would let things get into our hearts and we would let things get into our spirit. Hallelujah. That caused division and and things of that nature. But oh no. But God, we would be mature enough and, and we would let the love of Christ. We let the love of God, we let the love of this truth, God, we let your mighty hand and your mighty voice and your spirit and your touch in our minds and in our hearts and in our spirits to mold us and to shape us, God. You help me, God, to pastor this church. You help the ministers of this church and the singers, and you help all the departments, God, all of us to be anointed and united together and bonded together. You help the children, the young people, the middle-aged, God, our elders, all of us working together, being mindful of one another, caring for one another, provoke in one another in the love of Christ. You help us be the church God that we will produce, that we will multiply and become God, the church that you want us to be in Bendale, Mississippi. We believe in you for a field. We believe in you for a great church. We believe in you for a great revival. We believe in you God for our neighbors and our friends and those that live around us. we got to have your presence. we got to have your anointing. we got to have you to walk with us and guide us and lead us and help us along this journey. I promise you Lord all the praise all the glory and honor is going to be lifted to you today we're going to give you the glory we're going to give you the praise you're the god that answers prayers you're the god that heals our body you're the god that touches our mind you're the god that's going to save my neighbor you're the god that's going to promote god and bless me god bless me with a good job bless me god with a means and a way to be a blessing to the kingdom of god and a blessing to this local assembly it's your mighty hand god is working through us we humble and yield and give ourselves unto you this morning, your goodness and grace and mercy, God, would move upon every soul, every individual in this local assembly today that we'd all walk in the marvelous light and in the kingdom of God, giving you the glory, giving you the praise as our Lord, as our Savior. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Love you this morning. Appreciate you so much. Your time. Uh, I know time's you know time's very important slipping away. It's something you never get it back. So we appreciate you taking time to come be with us in church. Come back tonight, five thirty prayer time, six o'clock service time, four thirty. I'm sure they choir practice, uh, getting ready, amen, for the Christmas thing. Okay, love you, appreciate you, God bless you.